We've had three superhero movies in a row. I don't know if you've noticed that the past three weeks. We had Guardians, and then we had uh, Wonder Woman, and now Spider-Man, back to back to back. Uh, at least here we did. Uh, so, so, I mean, it's, it's really crazy how many superhero movies come out all the time now. You know, when I was a kid, uh, we were lucky to get like, you know, a kind of wannabe Batman movie or something every now and then. If we were lucky, uh, you know, but now you have two or three superhero movies at least coming out of here. Sometimes four or five. And man, I just think of my, my, my 12-year-old self would just like, just be losing his mind right now if, if I knew this is, the, this is what was waiting. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have waited to get here uh, to 2017. But, uh, but man, love the superheroes. And it seems like superhero movies have been around. You know, if you think about it, it seems like they've always been around. But, but you know, really, superheroes ha- are kind of a you know, more recent kind of thing. Uh, it really started in the 19, late 1930s with, uh, you know, Superman uh, was the first big one. And, uh, you know, is that, that era between the Depression and, and uh, the Second World War. And so, it was, you know, it was a time where our country was in crisis when a lot of, of uh, you know, bad things were going on. And we were looking for those, you know, square-jawed, perfect heroes that could come in, you know, take anything and, and come out unscathed that, that, that just, you know, can handle any problem. And we were looking for those. And so they, they, they showed up in comic books. You know, you had Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Captain America all appeared for the first time during, during that, that time period, during, uh, during the 30s, late 30s and early 40s. And uh, superheroes became the thing where, where a lot of people were, you know, trying to capitalize on. So a lot of other superhero comic books started to come out in the 40s. But that kind of died off in the 50s because the, world, the war was over and, and we didn't need those heroes anymore. And so, so a lot of people attributed attribute to that. But the superhero genre kind of died away in comic books. And, and what became the focus was more horror and mystery novel, mystery type stories. And, and romance was big in, uh, in comic books throughout the 50s. And, uh, you know, a few superheroes, though, the big ones, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, those, those kind of made it all the way through the 50s and, uh, and made it to the 60s. But in the 60s, uh, there was a little, little comic book st- uh, company called Marvel. And there was a, uh, there was a creator there, his, a writer, his name was Stan Lee. You may have heard of, heard of him or seen him in a cameo or two in the movies. You may notice that guy that keeps popping, maybe you don't know, the guy that keeps popping up, popping in, up in all the Marvel movies, that's Stan Lee. Uh, but he, in the 60s, he, he wanted to do something a little different. He wanted to create a character that was maybe a little different than the, than the heroes uh, that we'd seen before. And so he, he created uh, several characters, the Fantastic Four, most of the Avengers, and, uh, and, and Spider-Man. And uh, he wanted Spider-Man to not be, you know, if, if, if Batman needs to go save the world, okay? Batman, I don't know if you know, in real life, or not in real life, but in the real life of the comic book, Sometimes I think Batman really exists. But in real life, in the comic book, Batman's Bruce Wayne. And so he, man, he has a giant bank account, right? And, and, and so, like, he doesn't need a job. He doesn't have to work nine to five, you know? If he wants to go save the world, he can do it anytime he wants to. You know, Superman, if he needs to go save the world, he's faster than a speeding bullet. He can, he can go save the world and get back to whatever he was doing before we, anybody even notices it. And, and so he, Stan Lee wanted to create a character that, was, that had some real problems, that, that maybe being a superhero wasn't super convenient for them all the time. And so you, you have a character like Spider-Man, and if you see the movie, you notice that Spider-Man, is a, is a, he's got some real problems. He's got a lot of things on his schedule, you know? He, he's, he goes to high school, okay? Uh, who remembers high school? That's, 
It's not always an easy thing. And he doesn't go to just a regular high school. He goes to like a, to a, a science specialized high school. And he's, he has some extracurricular activities. I convened with my brain trust. And we came up, we believe that what the, the, he was on the, uh, the, the academic, academic decathlon team. Uh, <laughs> converge with him between services. And that's the best thing we come up with. He was on this, this quiz team uh, for really smart people. And uh, he had to be there, you know, a, extra time. That wasn't just something that they just let you go, to, let you be part of. Uh, he also had a, uh, he also had a uh, 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 social life. You know, he was invited to these parties and things to go do. And he, he had friends that he had to keep up with. And he had his Aunt May, his family. To keep, I mean, he had a, has a full plate of things to handle for a 15-year-old. And on top of all that, he's Spider-Man. On top of all that, he's trying to, you know, stop crime and, and all those things. That's a, that's a lot of things for a 15-year-old. And so, unlike other heroes, Spider-Man's different. Spider-Man isn't, that, isn't perfect rich, well-polished, well or, uh, or all-powerful, you know? He's not, he's not perfect like Superman. He doesn't always know the right thing to do. He's not He's not rich like Tony Stark or, or Bruce Wayne that, you know, if something goes wrong, you just throw money at it. He's, uh, he's, he's not well-polished maybe like Captain America, just always know what, knows what to do in a scrap, you know, always knows how to get out and beat the bad guy. You know, sometimes he makes mistakes and, and uh, causes more problems for himself. He's not all-powerful like maybe Thor or Wonder Woman or Hulk where he can, you know, bullets just bounce off of him. That's not Spider-Man, you know. Spider-Man's just a regular kid that happens to have... Uh, ha have a little bit of extra strength and uh, a spider sense. Uh, but that's why Stanley, that's how he wanted to make him different. And so I found this interview uh, with Stanley from the 70s talking about the creation of Spider Man in the early 60s. And this is what he said He said, I decided to, de to depict him as a real life teenager who, by some miracle, had acquired a superpower. He'd have to be insecure, inept, and often out of step with those around him. He'd be my kind of teenager, a loser, just like I was when I was young. After all, whoever said that extra strength or talent or ability has to make, it, make a guy a winner? If you suddenly gain the muscle power of 100 men, okay, so you'd be able to out-wrestle King Kong. But that doesn't mean you still wouldn't have to worry about dandruff or acne. Wouldn't you still have trouble balancing your checkbook? And so, so that's the character that he creates. He creates a character that has normal problems just like me and you do. And I love that. You know, I think that's, that's why Spider-Man has, has had so much staying power uh, over the years. Uh, he's, he, because he's just a normal guy under that suit. He's just a regular person with regular problems. And, you know, that's, I think that's, that's inviting to us. And I think that's, that's what we find inviting in, in the story of Jesus, too. Because Jesus... Jesus doesn't use the, 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 the people that we think that, that he would use, you know? Our world has a way of, of glamorizing and, uh, and putting people on pedestals who are, who are very successful, who are, who are, are wealthy, or who are, who are popular, and who have got things figured out. But Jesus comes in, and he, he uses the, the, the nobodies. He uses the no ones. He goes in, and he, he finds the people that have, you know, no one would ever choose. He, he, find, I mean, he finds fishermen. That's who he starts with. Is he find, starts with fishermen. To, and that's who he's going to use to save the world. And that's very comforting because, you know, maybe you feel like you're nobody. Maybe you feel like you don't have anything to bring to the table. Well, Jesus, that's, that's what he's, he's looking for somebody that's just, just ready to be used. It, uh, Paul said it like this. My dear friends, remember what you were when God chose you. 
the people of this world didn't think many of you were wise. Only a few of you were in places of power. And not many of you came from important families. But God chose the foolish things of this world to put the wise to shame. He chose the weak things of this world to put the powerful to shame. What the world thinks is worthless, useless, and nothing at all is what God has used to destroy what the world considers important. God did all this to keep anyone from bragging to him. You are God's children. He sent Christ Jesus to save us and to make us wise, acceptable, and holy. So if you want to brag, do what the scriptures say and brag about the Lord. He uses the foolish things. Does that make you feel good? I mean, if you're a follower of Christ, does that make you feel good? Uh, Paul's trying to keep us humble there and, re and remind us, hey, remember where you came from. Remember who you were before you knew Jesus. You know, if there's anything good that's gone on in my life, if there's anything that I've done that's, that's worthwhile, it's not because of my own doings. You know, I feel like a lot of times I just try to mess myself up. But it's because of the grace of God, right? I think, I think we would all agree, right, that the, the good things in our life aren't because of anything we did, but because God has blessed us, because God has shown grace to us despite what we, who we are, and he's, he's blessed us. And, and we have to remember those things. We need to remember that that's, that's where, remember our roots, remember where we came from. Remember, you know, that, that, that the anything good in your life, that's where it comes from, it comes from God. And it, when you stop doing that, you, become, you can easily become one of those Christians that has their nose in the air and, you know, looks down at everybody else and thinks that, that, that somehow how you, you've, you've made it yourself, that, that you deserve the grace of God, that you deserve what God's done. And, and we all know we don't want to be one of those Christians. We don't want to be those people because we know that what God has done in us, we did not deserve. What God did in us uh, it, it is all by his grace. You know, and, and so we need to stay humble. We need to remember who we are. In the, in the, uh, in the movie, Tony Stark reminds Spider-Man, he reminds him, you know, uh, that Spider-Man's trying to get on the big team. He's trying to get on the Avengers. He wants to, you know, be, play with the big boys. And Tony Stark reminds him, like, hey, you know, you may not be ready for it. He said, can you not just, can you just try being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Can you, you know, can you just be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? Uh, and, and that's just him saying, hey, hey, have you got the basics down yet? Have, have you, are you doing that yet? Because you know, you're wanting more. Have you done what you need to do where you're already at? And, you know, sometimes where we're at, you know, sometimes we want God to do this amazing thing in our life. We want God to, to allow us to do something bigger, or we want God to answer this prayer for us so that we can do something. And, and we, have we done what we're supposed to do with what we got right now? And so maybe right now, I want to kind of check us. I want us to check ourselves and kind of, see our, kind of look at the basic level. Are we, are we, are we firing all cylinders? on all cylinders on that on that friendly neighborhood level you know what i mean before we before we graduate to the avenger team our, our, so let's let's check ourselves today and kind of look at those at something maybe kind of basic maybe kind of simple but let's let's just look at take inventory of ourselves because you know if if we want to do those big things one day we've got to be faithful right now in what what we have right here right now and stay humble jesus said it like this he says to whom much is given much is required, okay? So, so if, God, if God gives us something, then, then there's something that he expects out of that, that if we've been given something, there's a great responsibility that we have there. See what I did there? Uh, the Spider-Man fans get it. Uh, there's a, there's, a, there's a, a mantra kind of that goes throughout Spider-Man that, that Stan Lee wrote in there, and, it, and it's with great power comes great responsibility, and I think it, that kind of echoes the words of Jesus. You know, that who, to whom much is given, much is required. With great power comes great responsibility. They both mean the same thing. If you've been given something, 
then there, you have a responsibility to do something with what you've been given. So the question is, what is the great thing that we've been given? John says it like this in, in, uh, in, in the Gospel of John. He says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's just a way of saying that God became human, okay? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's talking about Jesus. And we have seen His glory, full of grace and truth. From His fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's grace. Grace is that thing that we've, we've all received. Now, it also says there, it talks about truth and grace, okay? Uh, grace and truth together. They kind of come together. And I think sometimes uh, the church, we're, we, we can become, uh, we can be more concerned with that truth part than the grace part, you know, the truth of being right, of knowing right, what's right, what's wrong, and, and, and knowing everything. And if, when we get focused on that and we don't focus on the grace, we, we can easily, like I said before, we become one of those Christians with our nose in the air. And we don't want to be that. And so, so you know, the problem is, is we need both of those things. We need truth and grace. And grace, gra- without grace, the truth, I mean, does the truth matter? Because without grace... The good news isn't good news. The good news is not good news. What is it? The good news is that, 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 that we, that I am a sinner, that, I, that God created me for a relationship with him, but I have turned my back on God, that I, that I rejected him. And, I have, I, and, and that's the end of it. That's the end of the story if there is no grace. That's the end of it. But... But because of grace, because of what Jesus did, Jesus made a way for us to, to enter that relationship again. He made a way through the cross. And I don't understand it. I don't understand it completely, but I know that the, the power of the cross made a bridge to, to unite us again and brought us back together. He died in my place. And, and so, so I don't deserve the relationship I have with Jesus. I don't deserve that. And that's what grace is. It's when we get something that we don't deserve, you know? I think sometimes we think that we, we get to thinking we deserve, we deserve this, you know, that I deserve this, this grace. I deserve this relationship. And that's, that's not how it is. That somehow that I've, I've worked my way, that I've earned it. I've done enough. I've done enough good things and, and I've stayed out of trouble or whatever. And that I deserve it. No, no, that's not how it is. It's not like that grace is a gift from God so that nobody can boast. There's nobody. That's what it, it comes from God. And it's all because of His grace, not because of anything I do. Uh, and it's, also, it's, it's, it's the thing, grace is the thing that, 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 that brought Jesus to the cross, but it's also the weapon that He used on the cross. You know, uh, when you see the way He acted and the way He, he it, it carried Himself, it was grace that was at work there on the cross. Uh, you know, Jesus was, was betrayed. He was questioned. He was unfairly questioned he was beaten he was he was uh, mocked he, he had to carry the cross and he died a death he didn't deserve and he looked at all these people that had wronged him and he could have you know cursed them he could have you know you know what, whatever whatever we would have done but instead he looks at them from the cross as he's dying and he says father forgive them father how do you do that that's grace that's grace at work. And that's, that's the same grace that, that we've been shown. And so what's our responsibility? What's, what's the responsibility we have in response to that grace? And that is to share it. That's to share the grace of God with other people and to be, be an agent of grace in this world. 
the, the, the phrase great, great power, great responsibility doesn't actually show up in the movie. Uh, kind, of hurt, kind of broke my heart because I love that. I love it. And the, the, the Spider-Man series before this, I don't know if y'all know this, but Spider-Man's been through several different incarnations on, in film. They had this weird, like they, they didn't want to say it because it was too cheesy, I guess, so they kind of reworded it. And this one, they just dropped it completely. But here's the thing is the, the theme is still there. That response, that, that great power, great responsibility is still there. If you read between the lines and you look there in the movie, you know, the, the whole theme is about, is about Peter realizing the responsibility he has as Spider-Man. And so it's still there, but you have to read between the lines. And, and uh, I, I want to help you read between the lines there or, or not read between the lines and see anything that I'm not saying. I'm not, I'm not saying today that, uh, that, that when we forgive people and we show grace to people, that that's a, that's a reason to enter in back into a toxic or a dangerous relationship that... Uh, that, 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 you know, sometimes people use grace, say, oh, well, you know, I, I've got to keep on. Well, yes, you, can, you need to forgive them. You need to show people grace. But if, it, if it's a dangerous situation, abusive situation, that's not, that's not what grace is. Don't, 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 take that, don't, don't take it out of context, okay? Uh, you can forgive somebody. You can love somebody. You can pray for somebody without entering back into the dangerous place you were in before. And also, I want to I want to make make sure nobody hears me. Here's anything, I, uh, something else. I, I'm not saying that that because of grace, because Jesus has forgiven us, and and uh, that, that we should just be able to do whatever we want to do. That, that grace grace does not work like that. Uh, you know, that I believe grace is a life altering force. I believe it is it is something much bigger than sometimes what we give it credit for. Um, let me explain that a little bit. Uh, in, in the movie, in the clip up here. Uh, you know, Tony Stark, Iron Man, he builds or he creates this suit for Spider-Man that, that has all these cool gadgets and, and uh, lots of bells and whistles they hadn't had before. And, uh, but Peter messes up, and Tony wants a suit back. And so he says, I need the suit back. And Peter says, but, but you know, I'm nothing without this suit. And Tony says, says, well, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have it. And that's, you know, that's that great power, great responsibility thing. But what it's really saying there is that, uh, is that, that, that the, the logo on his chest isn't enough to make him Spider-Man. You know, the, just, the, just the emblem, that's not enough, you know? It's not just a, a t-shirt you put on. It's, it's, it's about the character of who you are inside. And it doesn't mean that you, you're perfect all of a sudden. It doesn't mean you're magically, magically perfect. It means that, that but something changes in your heart. And you begin to pursue God in a different way. When you, when you come face to face with the grace of God, something changes, you know? When you come face to face and you really realize what grace is. When you really realize what God did for us. What Jesus did for us on the cross. When you realize that. When you realize that, you know, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve what God's done for me. But, but still, in spite of that, He loves me. In spite of that, He, he still went to the cross and died my death. When you realize that's what grace is, when you, when you realize that it should rock you to your core, it should change who you are deep down. And so, so it, it's not enough just to put a t-shirt on that says Jesus on it. It's not enough to put a little fish on your car. That doesn't change anything if the person inside hasn't changed. If you still, if you still aren't treating people like Jesus, or trying to treat people like Jesus would treat uh, people, you know, changing your Facebook you know, re religion status to Christian, that's not going to do anything. If people can't tell from who you are and how, how you live outside of that, it's more, a hero is more than just a suit. And a Christian is more than just a label. Christ followers, more than just a label. So if we're going to follow Jesus, 
we need to follow him. You know, we need to not just say, oh, I'm a Christian, but follow him and do the things that he says to do. And not just things we like. You know, there's, there's things that are easy for me to follow Jesus. There's some things like, okay, I can do that. And there's other things that are hard. You know, maybe they're different. Maybe what yours are are different than mine. But uh, there's all those things that, that but it's, it's all of it. You know, we've got we've to try, be trying to do and follow him as best we can. And so today, let's talk about how he talks to, uh, for us, what to do with his grace and how to share it with other people. Uh, Jesus says, Jesus says that, that blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. He also says, uh, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's, that's tough. That's really tough words right there. That's, that's, that's hard. But it's saying that you know, the, the way we treat other people and the way we show grace to other people is all wrapped up in the, the grace that we receive, right? It's, it's saying that, that, that we should, if we, we're being shown grace, we should easily be able to show that grace to other people if we understand what that is. And so it hurts when you hear that, when you think about that. And so, it's, so I mean, it's, it's a hard thing. And you think, I think grace is hard, and it is. Grace is hard. It's not an easy thing. You know, whenever it comes time for me to forgive somebody, when it comes, you know, someone's done me wrong or, or they've done something wrong that, 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 that I love or, you know, I just, I know that they, you know, they've done something, done something wrong and I've, it's, you know, I've, I've got to forgive them. You know, I had this whole list for God, you know, of the reasons why I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have to. Uh, you know, the, the, like, you know, I, I can't forgive them. They don't, they don't deserve, you know, they didn't. They, didn't deserve, they don't deserve my forgiveness. They, they, they need to learn a lesson, right? They need, they need to understand what they did wrong. Forgiving them would only encourage them to continue doing wrong. They continue acting like they, they are. Their actions have consequences. They should see that, and, and, and they should make the first move, right? I mean, they, they're the ones that messed up. They should be able to come to me, not the other way around. And, and I don't even know if they're really sorry. I don't even know. I don't see it. You know, I've got that list of things. And sometimes, you know, that's, that's, that's how we want to be. We feel like life would be a lot easier that way, right? If we could just live with that list and that would be okay with those excuses. But, you know, that, that, what strikes me is that, you know, we say we're Christians, but, but uh, so if you, if, when we get to thinking like that through that list, it feels like we might be happier being Hindu. Uh, have you ever heard of karma? Karma is, uh, you know, what goes around comes around, right? Well, you know, if, if you, you do something wrong, you're going to get... The punishment for it, you know, in another life, you're going to get a punishment for it. Uh, you know, that's, that, that sounds real good to us sometimes, you know, that, that what goes around comes around. But, but when we treat people that way, with that, that, that uh, they need to get what they deserve, that's, that's a harmful thing. Uh, Philip Yancey, uh, uh, he's a Christian author, he, he calls it in his book, What's So Amazing About Grace, he calls that, that kind of... That kind of uh, attitude of just unforgiveness for people or just wanting people to get he 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 doesn't call it karma he calls it ungrace you know that that people people should get what they deserve that's ungrace and i love that term but he, he also says uh he he says the only thing harder than forgiveness is the alternative the only thing harder than forgiveness is the alternative and that's to live with that unforgiveness in your heart that ungrace in in your heart uh you know ungrace it sounds nice, you know, it sounds easy until I'm the one that needs to be forgiven, until I'm the one that needs, that's mess, that messes up. And then all of a sudden, I realize the beauty of grace. 
I realize, realize how, how great it is uh, that, that God doesn't deal fairly with people sometimes, you know? That I don't get what I deserve, but through Jesus, I'm given something much greater than I deserve. That's grace, and grace is better than the alternative. This week, uh, this week, uh, we had a leaders meeting, and Jeff shared with the leaders uh, from uh, from Romans. He shared a little passage. I had a different scripture right here before, and and then when Jeff shared that shared that this, I was like, man, I got to use that, and it's a much longer piece of scripture than than what I had originally. So uh, I'm going to read a lot more scripture right now because. Of Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. But it's really good. Uh, bless your enemies. Romans 12. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us that if you see your enemy hungry, Go buy that person lunch, or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. That's the message version. It's, it's, I love the way it just, it's kind of in your face. But what do you see there? What do you see? See, bless your enemies. Don't hit back. Don't insist on getting in. Those are hard things to do. You, you know, God, you expect us to do those things? It seems like something that, you know, that's not natural for people, but when you really think about it, it's what our world kind of, that's what we look for in our heroes. That's what Spider-Man does. If you watch the movie, there are several times where, where there's a bad guy that's about to get hurt and Spider-Man jumps in the way or Spider-Man saves the person's life. Why? Because that's what we think heroes should do, is they should, they should stop, they should help people, even the bad guys. They shouldn't even let the bad guys die. And so that, that Spider-Man gets it, do we get it, you know? Do we get it? We, we clap and cheer when Spider-Man tries to save the bad guy. But when someone hurts us, are we able to do the same thing? Uh, you know, Jesus said, Don't, turn the other cheek. He said to bless those who curse you. Uh, those, are, those are his instructions. Uh, and so those are hard things. I know those are hard things. But, you know, the, the, the other option, the alternative, is harder. But... I know that when I begin thinking of those things, I begin thinking of like, you know, having to forgive, forgive people and show grace to people. I begin to, uh, to, 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 uh, to think, you know, even them, God, even, even them, even what they, what they did to me, I have to forgive them. And it always leads to, to, to God asking me, uh, what are the limits to grace? Who is unforgivable? Who's beyond grace? Uh, this guy named John Newton. He is uh, not Wayne Newton and not John Norton. John Newton. He, uh, he, he, he was in the 1700s. He was uh, a big part of the slave trade. And this horrible, evil thing. Uh, and he was part of it and uh, owned a slave ship. And, and even, even uh, there was a, one instance in his life where he was captured in Africa and uh, became, had to become a slave himself. And he saw the horrible things that slaves had to do. And he still, after he got, was freed, he still went back to his life of, of shipping people across the ocean. And uh, just a horrible, horrible, evil way to live. And then in the middle of it, 
God, God begins to break away at him and he, he turns to Christianity and over time he, he realizes the evil that he was a part of and he becomes a big abolitionist and begins to speak out years later against, the, against slavery and God uses him. And this is something that John Newton said. He said, I am not what I ought to be and I'm not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be in another world, but still I'm not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's, that's, that's the statement, I think, that we, we, we need to, to hear and, and believe. You know, I'm not, I'm not what I ought to be, but what I am right now is by the grace of God. It's all by the grace of God. John Newton, he, uh, he, he went on, and, uh, and later in life, he wrote a, a song, and uh, you may know it, and it's called Amazing Grace. He wrote the song that we, we all know, we're going to sing it in a few minutes, uh, that, that's a song that everybody knows, you know? Even people who don't, don't, have never been to church know Amazing Grace. This, this man that, that, that was part of this horrible, evil thing, grace showed up and turned his life around. And now, still, even today, people all over the world sing this song of praise to God because of the grace that was shown to this man. Uh, the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul... Uh, before he was a Christian, uh, he, he actually murdered Christians. That's what he did. Is he, he'd go and round up Christians to be executed. And then he, but then in the middle of all this, he's actually on his way to, to round up some more Christians, to, to murder them. And in the middle of this, he comes face to face with Jesus. <coughs> and, uh, and, and his life is changed forever. And he, be, he turns his life around and begins... To, to pre, it begins to start churches, and he even ends up writing all these letters to people, to different churches. And because of all these writings, these writings are all in the New Testament, and they make up most of the New Testament. We've already read two, we've already read two times, I think, from Paul, and we're going to read again from Paul in just a minute. Uh, but this guy that used to kill Christians, now thousands of years later, his, his words are still being used to use because of, because of the grace that showed up and changed his life. Because God can use anybody. Here's what, here's what Paul said in his letter to Timothy. He said, let me find it, there it is. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience, his great patience with me. Uh, I think you need, we need to remember that, that, that you know, I, I'm a work in progress, that God's had a lot of patience with me, that God has, God's had a lot of patience with me throughout my life. And I've learned, and, I've, and, I've, and because of that grace, I've been able to, to continue to grow and to, to know more about him. And, and because of that patience that God's had with me, we need to have that same patience with other people. We need to show that same patience and that same grace to other people. Grace calls us to believe the best in other people. It calls us to, to, to not look for the heart. It calls us to see the best and to believe the best in other people. You know, uh, a few years ago, several years ago, uh, I was a youth pastor at a church, and uh, we had a, a kid in the youth group, and uh, he was a very strong core part of the youth group, and God was doing a lot of amazing things in his life, but he went through a rough patch and, and, uh, and he began to make bad decisions, bad, stupid things, do, doing dumb things. And 
he, he, would, he would talk to me and he talked to the other youth leaders and, and we would be trying to help him and he would just disregard what we told him and still just do, do whatever, do the wrong thing. And he was going around causing, stirring up other trouble and, and causing a lot of headaches for a lot of people in, in our ministry. And I was, man, I was, I was tired of it, you know? I mean, just, I was done with it. I was, I was, I was tired of all the trouble it was causing me showing him grace and allowing him to still come around. And I remember I had a, uh, we had a youth, con- a youth leaders conference uh, in Montgomery, and me and an, uh, one of our youth leaders were going, driving down the road, and I'm just going to call the, the kid, the kid, I'm going to call the kid, I have so much problem, I'm going to call him Reggie, is that okay? Um, I like the name Reggie. I asked people for a better name after first service, and nobody could come up with a better one. There was one, but never mind. Uh, uh, the, I remember just complaining about it, just saying like, man, man, uh, he's just, he's so, uh, he's, he's just, I'm tired of this. I'm done with this. You know, I'm, I'm through with, with trying to help him because every time we help him, he just, it just, it just falls flat on his, uh, flat on our face again. You know, he just leaves us high and dry. I'm tired of being taken for granted. I'm tired of, of just, just being used and, and, uh, you know, my youth leader, he was just sitting there looking and like shot, nodding his head like, yeah, I'm tired of it too. But, you know, Brent, you're a little bit over the edge. And I was like, I mean, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired and sick and tired of this. And I'm, I, I, I'm through with it. I remember saying, saying, you know what, somebody else is going to have to reach him. Somebody else is going to handle him because I can't do this anymore. And we got to the youth conference and when we go in and, you know, it's a youth leaders conference, uh, youth ministry conference. We're supposed to, I guess, go in and learn how to play play dodgeball and eat pizza uh, and go in and the, and the lady that's speaking that night, she gets up, she says, I, I was going to do a session tonight, but I think that tonight I need to do a, to preach a sermon. And uh, her, her message that night was, she called it a, a youth, a youth named Judas. That's what she called it. And she talked about how, how Ju- Jesus washed the feet of Judas despite knowing what he was doing despite knowing that Judas was going to betray him, despite knowing that Jesus was going to have to die because of what Judas was going to do. And he went, he went that night that Judas betrayed him and washed his feet. And she said these, these words, she said, Don't, she said, give up when Jesus does. And I hated it because I knew I was going to have to ride back home with that youth leader and he was going to be kicking me the whole way. And so the guy came and said, so uh, we're keeping Reggie around? And I said, I guess so. And... Uh, and you know, that, so that's always just been a, been a reminder to me, is give up when Jesus does. Give up when Jesus does. Um, there's another story in the Bible. Uh, it's found in the book of Genesis, and I've got it linked there. If you want to go read it, I don't have time to go into it a whole lot. But it's the story of Joseph, probably my favorite story in the, in the Old Testament. And uh, basically what happens is Joseph gets sold into slavery by his brothers. They actually fake his death, and his 12 brothers, they sell him into slavery, and you think that's the worst thing that could happen. It just goes further downhill from there. And things look like they get better for a minute, and they just get worse again. They look, look like, look like, looks like somebody's going to help them out, and they don't. And so things keep going bad and bad and bad for, for Joseph. And then finally, at the end, uh, of, at the end God turns it around. God turns uh, Joseph's life around, and he ends up being the second in, second in charge, basically, of all Egypt. He becomes the second... Uh, the right-hand man of the king. And at this time, there's a famine. And so his brothers, guess what? They get hungry. And so who do they come talk to? They come to talk to the right hand of the king. 
And they don't know this is Joseph. They don't know this is the guy they sold into slavery all these years ago. But as they start to figure it out, they begin to worry. And they begin worrying like he's going to sell us into slavery. He's going to do something horrible to us. And Joseph sends, them, sends out all, all his servants. And he's alone with his brothers. And they think, okay, here, it's coming down now. And he t- says, look, I'm, I'm, your, I'm your brother, Joseph. But don't worry. And he begins, he says, it begins to weep so loud, people outside can hear him. He's weeping so, so hard, hard over it. And when he could, he could have them, you know, thrown in prison. He could have them sold into slavery. He could have them uh, executed. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. But instead of doing that, he didn't give them what they deserved. He says that he embraced them and told them, say, don't worry about this. What, what you meant for evil, God has turned around from good. Don't worry about it because, because it's all good. I mean, imagine that. Imagine that. If, if Jesus can wash the feet, of the man who was going to betray him. And he knew it. If, if, if Joseph can bend down, if, if he, can, he can embrace his brothers and, and love them, even though, even though they sold him into slavery, what does that mean for me and you? What does that mean about the limits of grace? That means that nobody is beyond the grace of God. That means that nobody is, is not worth spending some time on. They're not spending some time with. Grace is better than the alternative. Grace is better than anything else. Uh, you know, and the big thing there is that, that when we think that God wants us to do all these things, jump through these hoops and try to, try to uh, forgive people because, like, I guess he just wants to make life hard on us. But what we really realize is that when we forgive people, it, it, it doesn't just affect them. It affects us too. Uh, Lewis Mead said that when we genuinely forgive, we set a prisoner free and then discover that that prisoner was us. You know, when we don't forgive people, when we live that ungrace in our life, that, that can cause some bitterness with them and us. They can become bitter at us. They can become bitter at the church or at Jesus or God. Or they, 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 they can be some bitterness there. But there's also bitterness here when we don't forgive people. When we, when we refuse to share that grace, is that bitterness begins to grow in us, and it, it can affect us too. And so that's what God is doing. He's saying, hey, I don't want that bitterness to grow in you. I want to set you free. I want to I set you free from that. And so grace is always better. Every Sunday, uh, we like to close down, down front, and uh, if today's your first day, don't feel we're not doing anything weird down here. We're just going to come up front and, and uh, pray real quick and, and spend some time uh, and worship one more time. Uh, so I want to invite everybody to, to come to the front if you feel comfortable. <clears throat> the, uh, the prayer team, they're, they're up here... Uh, they're not just here to look pretty on the front of the stage this morning. They're here to pray with people. They do look pretty, though. They look beautiful. Uh, but they're not just here just to do that. They're here to pray with people. And if there's something going on in your life, it doesn't have to be something that we talked about this morning. It doesn't have to be anything like that. If there's something going on in your life, they would love to pray with you. And that's why they're here. Um, but before we do that, before we go, go on, I want to remind us all of something else. Uh, you know, I think it's very easy sometimes to look at the rest, the rest of the world and get kind of jealous of the way 
other people can live. You know, in, in Spider-Man, several times in the new movie, there's uh, the, uh, the teenager, other teenagers that, that Peter's friends with, they're all, they're all going to a party, or, or uh, there's one part where one of his friends wants him to come over and, and build a big Lego set, uh, which I was jealous of. Um, but I'm a 34-year-old man that plays with Legos. That's all I'm saying. Uh, he, he, so he's, 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 he wants to. He wants to do these things and go have fun with his friends. But he can't because he's, he's Spider-Man. He's got other things to do. Uh, and and there's, there's several times where, where you see that, that he wants to go you know, have fun with everybody else, but he can't. But there's one scene in particular where it really just kind of, kind of tugs at your heartstrings. And they're all on a field trip, and all the kids, they're all sneaking out to go, to go swim in the pool and uh, sneak out of the hotel room to go play in the pool. And he's sneaking out to go be, be Spider-Man, and he runs into all of them. They're all like, come on down. And he's like, I'm, I'm go, i got other things to do. And so then there's, not anything, there's nothing said. There's nothing to quote here. But he just, he, he, there's a shot of him. He's looking down. He's up on the roof, and he just looks down at the pool. And he sees, sees all, all of his friends down there having fun hanging out, and he realizes, you know what, I, I'd love to be down there, but I've got to, there's something else I was made to do. There's something else I've got to do. And you know, as followers of Christ, sometimes it's easy to look at other people and the way other people live and think, like, oh, it would be so much easier to just, you know, to be able to, because, I mean, the world we live in is not a very gracious place, right? It's not a very forgiving place. Uh, there's a lot of times where, where, you know, people get what they deserve and sometimes they get, it's, 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 not a, it's not a gracious place. In fact, our world is sorely lacking grace. But we can't live like that. We can't live that out. We can't say, okay, that's just what you do. You just, you know, someone cuts you off and drive, you just, you, you chew their head off. You know, that's, that's not how, how we live. That's not how we're supposed to live. We're, we're supposed to live different. We've been made to do something different. Uh, and, and so the world is sorely lacking grace. And because of that, I believe that grace is one of the greatest things, if not the greatest thing, that the church has to offer. It's not just, I don't, when I say the church, I don't mean this, the building, or I don't mean the organization. When I talk about the church, we're talking about me and you, right? The, the greatest thing we have to offer the world is grace. The greatest thing we have to give this world is grace. And so, so this morning, if you've never experienced that grace before, or maybe you'd just like to talk to somebody about about grace. Uh, the, the prayer team's here. They'd love to talk with you and pray with you. Uh, or if maybe there's something going on in your life, uh, something you just need, you, you know, something was said this morning or something happened in worship, you need to pray with somebody. Please take a moment and pray with the prayer team this morning. You know, th- that's why they're here. That's, that's what this moment is for. So please, but, but before we do that, before we're going to sing one more song, but as we do, we're going to sing that amazing grace song written by, written by John Newton. Uh, we so many years ago. We're going to sing, sing those words. Can we, can we take a minute? Can you take a minute before you sing and just think about that grace and, and check yourself. Say, am I getting it? Am I, am I being a gracious person? Am I, am I believing the best in other people? Am I forgiving people? Am I showing am, am I, this grace that's been shown to me? Am I, am I showing it to other people? Let's do that.